Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. Daniel with you, joined by Billy Grade, a.k.a. Emmett J. Scanlon, our guest for this episode. Emmett, how you doing? How you doing? You good? Can't complain. I am honored to be joined by such a fantastic actor. I mean, I've enjoyed, whether it be Gangs of London or dating all the way back to, uh, to your first or second role. I think I went back and watched it. What was it like to, I guess jump into the world of Peaky here in this last season of season five. To jump in the world of Peaky full stop was probably one of those dreams that come true, you know. Um, I, did, I did a show previous to, uh, I've been a massive fan of Peaky Blinders since its inception. I think it's an, a fantastic show. It's described sensationally by Stephen Knight. The cast, the look about it, it was just, it was unlike any other show I'd ever seen. It's probably one of the best British shows that is, in my humble opinion, that's ever been made. So as a fan sitting on my couch with my uh, wife, I'd be like, you can't help but think, God, it'd be great to be in a show like this. But I'm also the type of guy who never watches any of my stuff. I'm just not strong enough to watch my own material. So I'm like, in a way, I didn't want to be in it because I love the show so much. I didn't want to not watch it. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I had a, I was, it was very fortuitous. Well, maybe it was, or maybe it wasn't. I did a, a show previous to season five called Butterfly with Anna Friel. And the, the director of that was Anthony Byrne. And he gave me one of my first leading roles in a, in a primetime uh, British show. Anyway, when we left that, we became really close friends. We left that and I heard he'd got Peaky Blinders and um, I text him saying, oh man, that's amazing. Congratulations on getting Peaky Blinders. Give me a fucking part. <laughs> it's pretty much how it went. And he goes, don't worry, I got, an, I got one in mind for you. And then uh, Billy Grade was born and I auditioned. I had to put myself on tape for it. I think I was in a, in a, on a list of one Thanks to him. Thanks to him. <laughs> if there was any more competition, I probably wouldn't have got the fucking role. But thanks to him, he only put my name forward. Thank God bless the little guy. And I auditioned for it as a as a Brummie. Uh, and I did the Brummie accent. Uh, and um, I was shooting a couple of shows at the same time as when that was coming up. I think Gangs of London you mentioned. I was shooting that at the same time. And Krypton. And... Uh, the, Brummie, the Birmingham accent is so difficult to get down, so difficult to, to nail that I, I was getting really worried about it. And before we were getting closer and closer to shoot. And I was like, I've got these lines down, but if, if you change those lines, I'm fucked. I'm screwed. I don't have, uh, there's no room for me to improv. I will improv right back into my own accent or I'll go American. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll, I'll go to some default and it'll be a shit, a shit fest. Um, and I rang him up and I said, listen, man, uh, if you're going to change this dialogue, uh, I might be in trouble here. And he says, the chances are it might change. You know, when we get on set, something will happen, something that, or Stephen will change the lines before you even step on set or blah, blah, blah. And I went, well, okay, in that case, have you ever had a Dubliner on the show? And he went, no. And I said, can you ask Stephen if he'd like Billy Gray to be from Dublin? And he came back and said, yes. And then once I got that, that, all clear that I could just be use this accent that allowed me the freedom to get on set with people like Paul Anderson and just dance with them, you know. And uh, and it was a really really beautiful thing, you know. I'd I'd walk by the monitor 
and I would see through the monitor the set of Peaky Blinders, and I just smiled to myself. It was almost as such an it's almost like a kid in like a, a candy store, you know. It was just it was one of those dreams that came true. But I only read my scenes. I didn't want to read the rest of the scripts because when I watched the series when it aired, I wanted to be surprised. I was still a fan. You understand? That's fantastic. I love talking to people like Packy Lee who were actually so invested. <laughs> I thought so I invested, I, right? I said, Packy, this guy's just gotten in touch. What do you think? And he goes, You like him, man, do it. And I went, Okay, fair enough. That's so Packy's got, got your back, man. That is awesome. That makes me smile. Well, it's it's interesting because it's almost like a foreign film where you have to memorize a different language to do the brummy accent. And then those <laughs> intoxicating scenes with you and Harry or you and Paul. And, yeah, and I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to, you know, I've seen I've seen a couple uh, leaked photos from season six, and it seems like they're gonna let you get a little bit more of your range in, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be, I mean. Uh, can I ask a question before we go on? Did you, do you guys need to put on the subtitles when watching Peaky Blinders? American? Okay, so this is good, you know, because I <laughs> I have talked to multiple people about this. I tried to watch the first episode without subtitles. Right. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I am just now, and now that I cover the show, I take notes while I'm watching. You know, it almost kind of takes away a little bit. People are always like, oh, you know, what is it like to cover a TV show? And it's not as enjoyable in a way than just watching it purely as a fan, because every time yeah. I watch it, I, I want to write down something down. Oh, I want to write this down. So having yeah, the yeah. subtitles on does help. Why, why do you ask? Yeah, I was, I was just wondering. <laughs> I was just wondering why. I, I've done it. I just, um, yeah, it's just because it's it's so thick, and because it's so uh, stylized, and because it's so region based. It's almost like. Like I've just done, a, I've just done a TV series called Kin, which is a gangland family drama. It's going to be on AMC and Braun. It's done by Braun and stuff. And I've had to go into ADR, and you know what ADR is when you yeah. get into that booth and you have to uh, redub a couple of lines because let's just say um, somebody fucking closed the door on your line or like a siren was going off in the background and you need it clear. <laughs> I had to go into ADR for a good five hours just for diction. <laughs> I was like, for the American audience. And I was like, oh, my God. So basically, I can just imagine well, how many listeners that you're going to get, two, 3,000. I don't know how many listeners that you get, but it's going to be just you talking and ev and everyone else is going to be hearing. And that's it. That's, that's, that's a good that's point. All that's, that's, that, that's all that's happening here. I'll tell um, you what, we, we talked to Xavier Johns when we were covering Gangs of London, and I don't know if, if you worked the same episodes that he directed. I don't think so. I think you were early on in that show, and he directed the middle portion. But he's yeah, I, I, think, I, 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 I think I went in for him for my dad's sake. Uh, he had to do a pickup of that. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me, let me ask you, what are, what are the similarities between Emmett J. Scanlon and Billy Grade? They look very this. They look exactly the same. Exactly. Is that where it ends? Yeah, that that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah, I'm afraid so. He's um, I mean, it, there's been a lot. It's funny, you know. That that show came out. Uh, season five came out, and it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought Anthony Brown did a really great job, and I loved the new characters. I loved. I loved Sam Claflin's character as well. I love. I love him as well, and I thought. I thought it was great. The minute the last episode aired, I went into my gym and 
I walked, <laughs> just aired in the UK, and I walked into my gym, and someone shouted from across the gym, "Rat! Yes, ache!" <laughs> I was like, "That's the fucking power of the peaky fucking blinders." But it was, um, it's remarkable. Everybody kind of um, has this. Uh, theory that billy grade is a, a snake or a rat i mean there's a couple of red herrings in there right but they have this and i'm not saying that he is or he isn't i would never do that because that's uh, why spoil anything but on a hypothetical if he was because some people i get like get pissed off that like i uh, he may or may not have betrayed the peakies and just as like somebody on the outside in at that as a real story. Hypothetically, they built their Trojan horse. What the fuck did they expect was going to happen? In my, in my, if that was the case, yep. I'm not saying that it is because, I mean, I'm certainly not going to spoil anything. But some people get some people get angry at the fact that I, that I, uh, that Billy Grade might have betrayed him. And I'm like, yeah, but look what they did to Billy Grade. Even if he did betray him, and who's to say that he didn't? But he might have done. It, it was a situation. It's, it's definitely a situation where you could see why he would betray him because the way he's been treated by, you know, the Shelby clan, and and it's it, yeah. it's definitely something where, you know, Stephen Knight has talked about this being a part one of two, and I think, and I want to talk about this because the reaction from Peaky Blinders fans has not been totally positive about season five. I'm not sure if, if you're getting the same kind of reaction over no, there. No, go, go for it. What's wrong? Yeah, it's just, no, people have definitely called it a bit of a step back in terms of the action and the anticipation and the buildup. But when I heard, and, and you know, Josh is my co-host, but he couldn't join us today. When we heard that this was a one of two, we were all in on season six. Is, oh, yeah, yeah. is that somewhat the feeling or does everyone over there feel like season five, like you said, was nailed? Well, I thought it was, I, th I thought it was, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was elevated to it, but that's the beauty of fucking TV and it's art and opinions and stuff like that. That's everybody has their one, you know, um, I, th I thought it was, uh, yeah, I stand by that. I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought it looked amazing. I thought the story was amazing. But it was a part one or two as well because Anthony was coming back for that for the sixth season, which is now the final season. They were going to have a, like a six and a seven. So it was, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we were ready to rock for season six just before the pandemic hit. I mean, we were getting ready. I was wrapping up on a show. Uh, I was getting ready to go into season six. And then the pandemic hit uh, and the whole place, the whole world's closed down uh, and rightly so. Um, and just everything just went quiet, you know. Uh, and I think during that time of reflection, uh, the scripts were rewritten and six and seven just became the final season. So they, they made it, this is going to be the, the last one. And having from somebody who's who read the original scripts just before lockdown to somebody who read the new ones just after, or as it was easing up, so we to allow us to shoot. Um, I mean, good lord, Stephen. I mean, there's you run out of superlatives to describe the guy, but the scripts are infinitely better, and they were great beforehand. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to. This is going to blow up. 
and I don't think people are going to be disappointed. That's going to be crazy. That seems to be the consensus. And, and you know, Packy gave a and little bit of. Here that, are, that are going to scar you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's not a, that's not a bad thing for a show like this. You're, you know, you're signing up for it when you're watching Peaky Blinders. But Packy did tease one thing and he said there's going to be a new character that is going to be your favorite character. Is it now? Let me one little question. Right. And it's not going to be a follow up on that. There's been a lot of new actors that have been announced. Is that the the total of the new actors or are there more new characters and actors aside from the three or four names that we've heard in the news? What three or four names have you been given? We've heard Amber Anderson is going to come in and we've heard that Conrad Khan is being added. And I, I want to say there's one other, um, Stephen Graham, Stephen Graham and the, uh, the actor from animal kingdom, the movie, um, one sec. Oh man. I'm, Get his blank, name. I'm blanking on it. It is James Google. Freshville. That's it. James yeah. Freshville. So those have been the main announcements, whether it be leaked through different sources or from the Peaky Blinders Twitter. Sure. But are, are there more new names? Are, is there anyone crazy? Because there's a lot of speculation. You know, the, the names like the fun ones have come out in this offseason, this wild offseason with like Julia <laughs> Roberts and Brad Pitt. And everyone wants a huge name. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, He's exactly. The there you go. Uh, I didn't want to, I wanted, I wanted to be the first to land it. Chris Hemsworth, he was great. All my scenes were with him. I right, fucking. Write the articles right now, people. <laughs> Thor, Thor no. it's just a complete um, Marvel. And you know what? You've been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what was that like? You know, you had a couple scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy as the riot guard. Yeah, man, that was that was beautiful. I got to, I got to dance with James Gunn, who I think is, uh, is exceptional, isn't he? I can't wait to see his Suicide Squad. The trailer was like off the chain it was just like it was ridiculous it can't be worse than the first one it was i mean he i think whatever he seems to touch it just it manifests into greatness and he's such a beautiful man i met him accidentally in there in los angeles and then i go i like i think we were going on a double date at the time i was seeing some like the two girls that we were seeing at the time knew each other and brought me and James, and then we sat opposite each other. I didn't know who we were. I was just like, hey, I'm Emmett, hey, I'm James. And then it, that that materialized into something where we'd go down to his house every Sunday for um, sunset, uh, sunset wines and cheeses and stuff like that. It was really, really lovely. And then I remember um, I was doing a show here in England uh, for about two and a half years, and I, and I quit that show. Uh, I felt it was time to leave and to challenge myself in new ways. And I went off to, <laughs> to LA and I remember, oh, who's that guy that was talking to James? That's it. Yeah. So I'll send him a message. I said, James, hey, guess who's, guess who's back in LA, motherfucker. You ready to get some, uh, you ready to meet up and just have a bit of a laugh? And he's like, oh man, I'd love to, but I'm in London and doing the new Marvel movie. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Says, I'm doing a new Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. And it says, I was just like, brilliant. I'll be back in five weeks. Get us an audition. See in the audition room. And he was like, perfect. I'll see you there. That's great. And, uh, I'm sure he. I'm sure he got loads of people asking him for an audition, but he was uh, very kind and and obviously has low standards. But he slapped me in it, and it was a great experience. I'll tell you what. Any actors listening, this is the epitome of building relationships. We've got Burn <laughs> that led you to Peaky Blinders and a double date with James Gunn. That led to the Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. Um, I, I, 
I do. That's, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. There's a, there's one question that, that has always been bugging me, you know, ever since the beginning of the season and you didn't read the other scenes. So maybe when you watched season five, it's just too much Billy, right? We got the Billy boys and then Billy grade. Do you think that's a coincidence? Cause I feel like Steven Knight doesn't do coincidences. <laughs> no comment. I don't, know what <laughs> okay. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Um, now one more question. This one was from Josh. He wants to know if you've ever played here. Josh is my co-host. Yeah, but he's a lawyer. And, and with the times when we do interviews, he Proper works, job. he works all throughout the day. So unless you were good for an 11 PM chat in, in London time, he was <laughs> unable to, uh, to jump on with you, but absolutely beautiful talking to you, Daniel. What's Josh's question. He wants to know if you've ever played football or soccer because you play a goalkeeper in the show. We would love to have a flashback of you in the action, you know, on the pitch. <laughs> I'll tell you something right now. Uh, I was quite aggressive when I was young, and I uh, I played football. I was goalkeeper uh, in real life. How about that? I was the most sent off player on my team. How do you get sent off as a goalkeeper? <laughs> Spikes up. So um, I think I I made up for my lack of talent through aggression, uh, and that's then that's. I think that's that's the extent of my football history. All right. So there's there's one question that we ask all of our guests and it you know everyone that's been in Peaky Blinders and it's it's what was your favorite scene from the five seasons? And I'll tell you what, there's one scene that has popped up four or five times coincidentally. So I'm curious and, and you know I I didn't prepare you for this so you can take a minute or two to no, think no, about no, it. No, you didn't prepare me for any of this. No. <laughs> I, I we don't do that stuff here. No, no, and then this is this is nice. I'm not, I'm not used to going on uh, doing this sort of stuff, so it's nice to step out of my comfort zone. Uh, what was my favorite scene in the past five seasons? Wow, you're talking to a guy who, who drinks quite a lot of gin and tequila. So the fact that you think that I remember the season one. Well, there were plenty of scenes with some gin and, and whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I tell you, I mean, in a, actually. One of my favorite scenes is from season five, really. And it was the ballet scene. Yep. Remember the ballet scene? Absolutely. I just, that, that, uh, that tore me to pieces. I could not get, uh, I couldn't get over how beautiful that was. It, it was I perfect. Was, yeah. 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 I think that was one. Of, and then another one that I, um, I quite liked the shock factor of, um, uh, Joe Cole, his, yeah. his, him, him going out in the blaze of glory. That was quite good. I worked with him uh, straight after that on gang. We never worked together on Peaky, but we worked on Gangs of London together. Lovely lad. Um, why? What was? What do some people say? So, so the most popular answer has been the final scene of season two when Tommy is, you know, seconds away from dying. And he he says oh my the, God. Yeah, the, that was the, the bleak insane. the bleak yeah. midwinter line, and then and you're like, how is he going to get out of this? There's no way he can get out of this. Un and then Anne Brun plays, and the music yes. is on yes. on yeah, it's it's incredible. And then as, you've as got far as as far as tension goes, and the twist that was beautifully fucking beautifully executed by uh, I don't even know the director of the season two, but the director. 
and and then scribed by Stephen. That was that was astonishing scene. To the very last second, you're like, "There's no way he's out of this. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do." You're you're thinking of all these other ways that he can get out of it. Nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, and did you watch the show live? Like, did did you know there was a season three? Because that's the big thing. You know, I I had already known that there were going to be four seasons when I originally, or three seasons when I originally watched the show. Uh, so that kind of gets in your head, like, oh, they can't kill Tommy Shelby. Yeah, but I mean, you still you still can't come up with a way how he get out of it. Right. So like, no oh, idea. How the hell does this happen? Um, and I'm not sure. That's a great question. I'm not sure whether. Uh, uh, I knew there was another season or whether I was watching it live. But I, I do, that it would be definitely one of my favorite scenes. I mean, I think that's uh, not just in Peaky. I think that's quite an iconic scene, full stop, in all, uh, when it comes to all TV. And another one that I, I quite like as well, it, beca- it became this meme, you know, where, where it's like no fighting, no fighting, no yeah, fighting. No, no fucking fighting. fighting. No fight. And then your man pushes into him and he fucking says that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. I, mean, yeah. I, I see it all the time and I'm like, oh man, what a scene that is. So that's, you've got, you know, your Irish brethren. How many, how many scenes did you, were you able to be around Killian and, and what was that like? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I love Killian. I think he's, he's so, he's so subtle in his performance that it's, and so nuanced in his performance that it's quite mesmerizing. I love watching Another great scene, now that we're fucking talking about it. I know I said it only half an hour, but fuck it, we're talking about it. And another um, another scene, I, I love watching Hardy and Killian going toe-to-toe. Two different styles altogether, you know? One quite big and the other one very small. It was kind of in, in styles. Do you remember Fargo season one with Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. And you're just looking at, like... Whereas Billy Bob is so still and Martin is doing his doing his thing and both like are, uh, that True Detective yeah. season one right with McConaughey and, and Harrelson that's another example it's yeah two oh icons god. oh my god so I love I love watching them because uh, it's I get to learn my craft from them I just just get just salivate over it just because I love acting it's my it's my passion so watching that watching him going toe to toe with Hardy was was beautiful. Um, I never, I never got to work with him in season five, and that was, and I was kind of, uh, I was kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess a little bit upset that I never got to. Well, not that I, I mean, I was, I was delighted with who I was working with, but I did, I did ask for season six if I could get a scene with him. I met him a, a few times while filming season six as well, and uh, he is so. Um, so nice and humble and lovely we we actually had uh, we we shared easter dinner together well uh, myself myself killian the dp director directors missus uh, where, where there's a group where there's a nice small group of us and me and then you're sitting there like how did i wind up here right with tom hardy and, and killian murphy and well i think i didn't see tom i mean tom was not oh, oh, with killian like, okay it was just killian yeah um but uh and we had this conversation before we went on air. I'm so glad that you say Killian and not Cillian. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, it's so, it's so good that you got that name down. We, we can't be the number one Peaky Blinders podcast in the world and say, and say Chilean, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do us a favor, though. Tell America that it's Patty's Day, not Patty's Day. Patty. Ah. 
but Patrick is with a T. Now, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Porig is with a D, and Porig is Gaelic, so ah. Paddy. So Patrick okay. is the English version of it. So it's P A D D boy. At least that's what we do back in Ireland. No, I went over to America and I love being an American, man. It's so good. I love Boston and I love LA and all that sort of stuff. Went over there and they went, hey, man, it's Patty's Day. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> That's that Land one. of the free. They could say whatever whatever they want. Well, I, I, yeah. I want to get a, into a couple of things non-Peaky related, but I do want to chat a little bit about the end of season five with you, just from fan to fan, because that's always fun. Sure. You're, you're a massive Peaky Blinders fan. Now you only read your scene, so I'm assuming that the season five finale was a bit of a shock to you, or did you kind of know what was happening? Hundred percent. You mean with Aiden Gillen and all that? Yeah, then, with with Aiden yeah. going down and with Barney not being able to, you know, count to ten in, in normal time and deciding to. Oh, count that was to a, that was that was a, that was a fantastic. So you're talking about brilliant scenes. Yeah, uh, like that that Hardy scene at the end of uh, five was just sensational beautifully acted beautifully written beautifully shot everything about that that's one of my favorites as well uh but yeah uh fan to fan i had no idea any of that was coming on i even texted the director i went what the fuck you know and i'm glad uh, this time around i know everything this time around i didn't uh i could get away with it last time around you know my part was so uh so removed from every other storyline. It was just, uh, all I needed to know for my character was my relationship with Paul, uh, with Arthur and, and Finn. And now it's a little bit more complicated. And I kind of do as well, read the scripts. So yeah. I know everything going on in season six, but in season five, like you, I was a fan. I was, I was living it live. We, we love Paul. Paul's actually given us a few shout outs on Instagram. You know, we're waiting, waiting for the day that he wants to come on to the podcast, but I don't, he's not really too active on social media. So it's hard no. to, uh, hard no. to get a hold but of him. If, if you do get him, I'll definitely listen. Yeah, no, that, that would be, that would be an all time. We might have to, you know, block out an hour for, for Paul Anderson conversations. <laughs> um, that's really good because when you look at, your character and and i've been talking about this for the last like four or five weeks so to me it's not a spoiler like i know that billy grade is going to be an integral part of season six it's just there's too many factors that circle around it so it's it, it doesn't really feel like we're tiptoeing around the facts so i'm really excited to have you on i'm excited for the rest of you know peaky verse to to know more about emmett j scanlon and the fact that you are opening a donut shop right? The donut whisperer with your <laughs> wife, Claire, and it looks delicious on Instagram. So you got to follow Emmett over on Instagram. Mate, mate, mate. I'm not joking you when I say this, these donuts are, are just, they're a different level. Like I've been plant-based for about five, six years now. But before that, I mean, like I was inhaling dairy and meat into me like there was no tomorrow. I didn't really care. I didn't have, uh, I just love delicious food. So I know what it tastes like. I know what dairy tastes like. I know what chocolate tastes like. I know what good donuts taste like. And I love a good donut. And uh, these plant-based ones, I met this chef. And she was extraordinary, this girl. She would call to my house once every four weeks in, a, in her van. She'd make her donuts in her kitchen with her children. And you know, she'd either deliver them or her kids would deliver them. Or she'd, you know, she didn't have enough time in a day. But 
they were extraordinary. And I asked her why she didn't just deliver them to me every week. And she said she didn't have enough money. Uh, she had her goals and her end game, but she just didn't have enough money to, to do her thing. And myself and my wife have been looking for a way to get into uh, uh, just showing people that you don't need dairy to make delicious food and just giving them a choice, not shoving any kind of fucking ethos down someone's face. Because if you want to do what you want to do, then do it. I don't give a fuck. That's fine. But I just want to show you that you don't need that, that, you, that we can give you a choice. And if on some weird level that we get to spread some sort of awareness or, or show people that there's something else out there that's, in my opinion, and I mean this now, and I'm not saying this because it's just my own, it's better. I say this with no sense of bias because I'm not the ones that fucking bake these things. She does, so I can say that. Um, I'm really I'm really proud of uh, Stephanie Reed, our chef, and uh, I'm so glad that she allowed myself and Claire to uh, help her because uh, it's been... It's been a beautiful ride. I'm glad you've been on social media and looking at those pictures. You could eat those pictures, man. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, them, though. I'm eating too many of them now. I'm gonna, you could send them to America. I'll send you my address. I, I you know, frosted yeah. is good. I like the ones with the custard in the middle. Uh, he's a scandalous underscore thirteen on Instagram, and a lot of the stories have been delicious photos. It's uh, <laughs> so the donutwhisperer.co.uk if you're interested but it says coming soon so when is soon soon it'll be uh, we're we're launching in the next uh, week or two we 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 did a an order of 300 units for a paul abbott tv series a friend of mine who stars in that has uh, has uh, has uh, has ordered some and we're delivering uh, more donuts to another film uh, another tv set but i can't really say about that one Okay, we won't. But I do want you to talk a little bit about Gangs of London because Josh and I found out about this show in the middle of quarantine. There was not much Peaky Blinders to cover. So we said, you know what? Let's dive in to another. You, you, did, you did that. You did a couple of podcasts on yeah, Gangs we, of London, yeah, right? we did. We did every episode. We did it the same way we, we cover Peaky Blinders. It's a British gang drama. It's basically Peaky Blinders where Joe Cole's character just gets taken out of Birmingham and fast forwarded a hundred years in the future and Cole Meany is in it and Emmett J. Scanlon is in it. And um, it, there's, it's just a great, it's a great cast. And it's one of those shows nominated for BAFTA for, for best uh, drama. Yeah, yeah. Garrett Evans is a, is a, is a, is a master when it comes to action. You look at episode five. I don't think I've ever seen an episode that's ever been like that on fucking TV, let ever. alone anything else. There are iconic episodes. You look at like you like Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding, and all that sort of. These are Battle of the Bastards, stuff like that. You know, yeah, you have these iconic episodes where you're like, "Holy shit, how did they do that?" That's episode five of Gangs of London. It's it's astonishing how he he's able to do it. And then you look at the first couple of episodes where the violence is off the charts, where he just like where he takes out five people, but at least he had a dart. So big. <laughs> Sobe is a beautiful human being. I, I bumped into him. I think he 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 he's a beautiful gravitas about him and a stillness about him and like this 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 uh, presence about him. I bumped into him randomly in Dublin when I was shooting Kin uh, just during lockdown. He was shooting something else and he was telling me that they're like that they're hoping for a season two or there is a season. I'm not even sure what's going on. Do you know what's going on? I don't. We're Is waiting. We're waiting. Um, no. Right. But I mean, that, that was, that was, as I said, that came about, uh, again, if fortuitously fell onto my gluttonous lap as I fucking, uh, 
I was doing uh, Peaky and I was doing Krypton, uh, the Superman series, DC. And then, and then that came along and it was like, hey, would you be interested in doing a show called Gangs of London? Uh, you, you come in for the first couple of episodes, you, you have an arc and you kind of like, your death uh, instigates the whole uh, process of what, what happens. Uh, it's in and out. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, for sure." Are you kidding me, Garrett Evans? You, I'd love to do that. And and I'm I'm I work with who? Colin Meaney. Yes, I'll do that. He's like one of a, a hero in Ireland, and I never got to meet him before. So this was my first time hanging out with him, and he was making me laugh, making me corpse, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that was that was a great trip, man. That was a great job to fit in. Yeah, if if you guys listening need any more, you know, inspiration to watch this show, it's it's on AMC Premiere. Um, so that's just so another streaming AMC service. Premier. What's AMC Premiere? What is that? What it's is just that? Another is that stream. It's like it's probably what your your new show on AMC. You mentioned AMC. AMC has moved a lot of their stuff online only, so it's kind of like everything's a plus now, right? Disney Plus, Apple Plus. HBO Max, that kind of stuff. All that. So it's just AMC's version of it. So you okay. may have to you may have to try a free trial listening, but it's like Salvador San from Game of Thrones and Catelyn Stark. Sope Derisu is a superstar in the making, so I can't wait to see him in more roles. I, I loved uh, Papu Asendu, who was in. Um, oh, he was in. I may destroy. I may destroy you. Who, oh my! What a talk I about two destroy. different roles. Oh my oh, goodness. Man. Man. Man, so so I, I was hanging out with uh, Papa, isn't it? Is that his name? Yep. Uh, yeah, Papa. He, he was lovely on set, by the way. He was. He, I didn't get to hang out with him much, but he was really lovely and generous on set. And then I May Destroy You came out on TV, and I saw, oh, I said, oh, you're a man from Game of Thrones. He was lovely. And I just started watching it. And my God. Right. I mean, that anybody who, who wants a good TV series to watch, I May Destroy You is sublime in every sense of the word sublime you put the you, you stop this podcast you go go watch i may destroy you yeah michaela cole head over shoulders you know up there with you know some of the best writers in the entire world right now oh my god i, I don't i don't know how it hasn't been up for every single award under the sun yeah, that was a controversial, controversial Golden Globes, to say the least, when, when she got snubbed. It's, you know, one of those race topics where, you know, maybe award shows need to take a hard look in the mirror right now. Wow. It was, that, that's, it's beyond me that that slipped under the radar for whatever fucking reasons that might be, because it was easily one of the best shows uh, if not the best show of last year, surely. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. That's on HBO Max. Um, Gangs of London on AMC Premiere or however you guys listening want to find a way to watch it. You got you you do that. Lastly, there is another one that, that you're in a movie coming out that seems to have like every single Peaky Blinders actor and a bunch of big names. Here are the young men, which oh, like, yeah, like what like just casually gonna throw in like the the main kid from Tommen from Game of Thrones, who was also in 1917, and then Finn Cole, and, and we can keep listing the names. Well, you know, did you have a you had a small role in that one? Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's another one of those. Uh, that was another one of those. Uh, I was free for kind of come down uh, and do this role. Uh, I think it was almost like it was two days filming with with Finn, Dean, and Anya. Uh, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. Um, Anya Taylor Joy, exactly. Who smashed the shit out of Gambit with, or Queen's Gambit, which was amazing. Um, 
yeah, yeah, that was just a, it was a lovely thing. I directed by directed and written by Owen Mackin, who I've known for many, many years. Uh, uh, he's one of like one of my oldest friends, and uh, he he any any movie he does, he just rings me up and says, "Hey, can you pop in and do this?" And I go, "Yeah, cool." And, uh, You're every, like Rob Schneider with Adam Sandler. Yeah, we always fight though. Myself <laughs> and Mac, we always have a we always have a massive fight, <laughs> and then. And then I'm like, I think I, I'm like, I don't even know if, I think I came in and did like a scene. I certainly didn't stick to any scripts that he'd written for me. Anyway, I went off and I went off on a fucking ten minute monologue, which I'm sure he cut the shit. But uh, you're, uh, you're homeless man on IMDb. Is that is that my? That's, no, that's your Andy. Title. He told me he told me my fucking name was Andy in it. You're Andy. homeless man, homeless man. Oh my god, this oh, sort no. of bitch. I am. Not, I am homeless man. <laughs> this son of a bitch. You, I was wondering. On. It's Daniel, a movie. Daniel, stop talking. No, no, no. This is over. Hang on a second. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> well, because look, deal. so so if you go on IMDb and you look up Here Are the Young Men, there's, I mean, you got Dean Charles Chapman, Tim <laughs> Cole, Anya Taylor-Joy, Travis Fimmel from Vikings, Ralph Ineson from everything, including Peaky Blinders. Oh, my God. And Emmett is the eighth listed person, and yet it's homeless man. You know, and you know, <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny about this is because he probably, uh, he says, yeah, you know, you're, you're, and you're Andy. I don't even know what, hang on a sec, let me ring him. This is ridiculous. He's in Australia now doing some show called La Brea for NBC. Oh, that's nice. This is, this is how he got me on board, you know? He goes, oh, yeah, man, it's going to be, a, it's an integral part. I said, no, man, I don't have time. I'm too busy. So and he's oh, acting man. in it as well, right? Isn't, if he, yeah, if you'd call it that, <laughs> forget about it. Isn't he? He'd be unbelievable. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you want to come in? You're playing this character, Andy. And he's probably, <laughs> this guy. He's not answering his phone. Oh, man, you're going to have to keep us updated on that. I'll fill him in in the next episode. Oh, but that, that's fantastic. I think that, that's, that is fantastic. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, so we're looking forward for that. I, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else, but I don't want to stop the, the conversation. It's so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me, Emmett. Oh, man, it's been it's been a real trip. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed being on your podcast. I hope that people who are listening uh, support it, and I hope that what we talked about was of some interest to fucking somebody somewhere and they smiled because that's 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 the name of the game and in the meantime i am going to hang up i'm going to order myself some deliveroo and i'm going to learn my scenes for tomorrow fantastic thank you so much he's emmett j scanlon i'm daniel gilman you've been listening to another episode of by order of the peaky blinders we binge so you don't have to